section eighty five of the inheritance by susan edmonstein ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter fourteen my truant heart forgets each lesson that resentment taught and in my sight knows only to be happy mason's elfrida like all those who are the slaves of their feelings lady rossville found she must fly to one extreme or other she must either shut herself up in her chamber and refuse to be comforted or she must plunge still deeper into the whirlpool of folly and extravagance to drown thought as persons in a similar state of mind generally do she chose both evils she first wept the bitter tears of jealousy and mortification then ordered her carriage and throwing on a veil drove away to lady charles arabin to get her assistance in choosing some dresses and jewels i may as well order the furniture i want for rossville too said she to herself i shall be there very soon now and the tears again sprung to her eyes as rossville and all its tender recollections rose to her mind but she strove to put them down with the splendid plan she tried to busy her imagination about on being ushered into lady charles's drawing-room she found her surrounded by gentlemen children and dogs and the bustle of her first entrance prevented her all at once from recognising colonel delmore amongst the number and when she did a mutual bow was the only acknowledgment one by one the idlers dropped off the children were sent to dinner and only lady charles and her two friends remained gertrude then made her request to which she acceded adding though as i have got a little cold to-day and your carriage is open i must wrap up so pray don't tire to death if i should be ten minutes at my toilette and with a smile she disappeared silence ensued gertrude carefully avoided looking in the direction where delmore was lest he should construe it into an appeal to him and she almost feared to breathe lest he should imagine she had spoken she flattered herself she was the very emblem of indifference and abstraction but even through the folds of her veil delmore marked with secret triumph her quivering lip and tearful eyes at length this state became too painful to be endured she rose with the intention of passing into the adjoining drawing-room when delmore approaching her with an air of agitation said although i should not have presumed to seek an interview with lady rossville in her own house again after having been once turned from it yet i cannot allow the present opportunity to pass without making an attempt to obtain from her justice what i have now little hope of owing to her tenderness he stopped in emotion but gertrude felt her tears ready to spring forth and made no reply all i ask is that you would hear what i have to offer in excuse for my conduct rash and unwarrantable as it must appear to you until in some degree explained i was wrong said lady rossville summoning all her pride to her aid the step you had taken was one of so extraordinary a nature that i certainly ought to have heard what you had to offer in vindication of it this was a more prompt and spirited reply than colonel delmore had reckoned upon and for a moment or two he was silent and disconcerted he then said i find i have mistaken your character or rather i have judged it by my own had i been master of the universe my pride my happiness would have been that the object of my love should from the moment i loved be the partner also of my power 
be it what it might but your sentiments are different from mine it seems i too should have had a pleasure in sharing the gifts of fortune whatever they were said the countess but to have them wrested from me but i never sought to wrest them from you said delmore with earnestness though being rather rough and blunt in speech i perhaps did not go so wooingly to work as some one more designing would have done i told you too briefly perhaps the simple truth that at your wish i had used every means to get myself exchanged into the guards but it was a matter of difficulty and why should i scruple to own it of expense too beyond my means but this i was too proud to own to you and i have been punished for it in short not to bore you with tiresome business detail monteith proposed that i should engage too to use my influence with you to provide for this old tutor of his who is a sort of dead weight upon the family and i in the belief that i was pardon my presumption gratifying you foolishly enough pledged myself to that effect nay more that you would obtain it said lady rosville still struggling against betraying her tenderness perhaps i did in the sanguine hope that when the time came for fulfilling my promise i should then have acquired greater influence with you than i can flatter myself i now possess but that hope is at an end however disgraceful it may be to fail in my promise disgrace itself could scarce be more intolerable than the misery i have endured under your displeasure and yet you could sing with the duchess of st ives said gertrude reproachfully while her cheek flushed and the tear swelled to the very brim did i it may be so for i can scarcely tell what i have done for the last four-and-twenty hours yes now i recollect lord westerton forcing me to her house and being compelled to sing with her something or other i forget what that i used i believe to sing with her before the flood that is when i rather admired her bravura style of beauty and of singing but these days are past never to return gertrude's tears hitherto with difficulty restrained now dropped from her eyes but they were tears of joy and tenderness ah delmore said she as she gave him her hand we have both been to blame you have been rash and i hasty but you shall keep your promise she rose and placed herself at a writing-table what is the name of the person you wish to befriend asked she as she began to write but she sighed as the name of william leslie presented itself to her mind's eye colonel delmore could not tell the name but she wrote a few lines engaging to bestow the church and living of rossville upon so and so then presented the paper to her lover who with affected generosity for some time refused to receive it but at length the countess prevailed and he consented to keep his promise at the expense of hers still gertrude did not feel happy but the usual panacea was applied viz squandering money in dissipating thought colonel delmore was of the shopping party and encouraged her in every expensive whim the most magnificent orders were given for furnishing rossville with all possible expedition and to crown her transient delusive pleasure when they met the duchess of st ives delmore's only salutation to her was a distant bow do you go to her assembly to-night inquired the countess of her lover not unless to accompany you then pray don't dear lady rossville said lady charles who was of the opposite faction to the duchess do both of you come and dine quietly with arabin and me my cold is really too bad to admit of my going out in an evening and you know we never give dinners and we shall be a party quarrel eh no bad thing sometimes gertrude consented and the quiet evening was passed partly in arranging a ball to be given by her and partly in losing fifty guineas to lord charles at 
ecarte what an odd jumble of a day this has been thought she as she laid her head on her pillow and yet i have had a great deal of pleasure in it too but she sighed as she said it for not all the delusions of her own heart or the blandishments of her lover could stifle the voice of conscience or conceal from her that she had acted unjustly and unwisely what shall i say to lindsay was the first thought that presented itself the following morning but by the time she was dressed she heard delmore's well-known knock i fear i shall not have leisure to write to him to-day said she as she hastened to receive her lover glad of the excuse for delaying the irksome task then came the strenuous idleness of the day most unremittingly persevered in for many successive days till at length it became too late to think of writing at all it would be better now to wait till she returned to rossville she could explain the matter so much better in person than she could do by letter alas she took not into account how few of the great and the gay do the thought of that hope deferred which maketh the heart sick and which was experienced in all its intensity as post after post arrived and brought no tidings for those whose happiness hung upon her word anne wrote again and a blush of shame and remorse stained lady rossville's cheek as she beheld her cousin's handwriting but she opened all her trifling bullets and read all her cards and newspapers and pampered her dog and made her bullfinch pipe to her but still she could not find leisure to break the seal of her cousin's letter her mind was now averse to exert itself upon anything that did not bring some semblance of pleasure along with it and it was not so much the want of leisure as the utter inability to employ what she had to any useful purpose that thus bereft her of all self-command and power of action the thought she takes is how to take no thought an art in which she was every day becoming a greater adept she went however with her mother to return mrs larkins's visit and found the romantic lily settled to her heart's content in a dull vulgar well-furnished house in the heart of the city talking cockney by way of english and overflowing with rapture at her own blissful lot she pressed most vehemently for her aunt and cousin to fix a day to dine with them augustus would be so disappointed if they did not do it he was so anxious they should meet some near relations of his sir christopher and lady huggins he had been lord mayor once and was a remarkably genteel nice man and lady huggins was such a nice woman but indeed augustus was very particular in his friends and had no idea of visiting vulgar people but if they would not fix it now augustus and she would call in park lane some day very soon for she knew he would take no denial he kept a gig and could drive her there any day at this threat lady rossville promised to look over the list of her engagements when she returned home and if she had a day disengaged before leaving town she would dine with them oh cousin you really must not think of going away without dining with us i assure you augustus will never forgive you if you do and you are a great favourite of his at present mrs st clair here engaged that a day should certainly be allotted for the purpose and at length they were permitted to depart with much lamentation that augustus was from home and repeated assurances of calling again some day soon in hopes of averting that evil gertrude upon consulting her engagements found a day disengaged and it was settled accordingly that it should be given to the larkinses mrs st clair indeed rather anticipated pleasure from a party there she was sure of being of consequence and of making and causing a fuss and a bustle a thing she could by no manner of means effect in the higher circles where she could not even shine in the reflected lustre of her daughter End of section eighty five.